Welcome to the Redeemer Community Church podcast. The following audio is from Redeemer Community Church located in Johnson City, Tennessee. We hope it will be encouraging to you as you listen. How's it going, Redeemer? Um, If you've got your Bibles, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, continuing our Christmas 2020 series, How to See Hope When All is Dark. Uh, Let me start off by asking you a question. If your life was a tabloid and you're standing in in the grocery store line, you look to the left and there's those Us Weeklies, a tabloid of your life, what would be some of the headlines? Well, right now, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. Um, In Iran, there's speculation that the Supreme Leader has passed on power to his son because his health is declining and his son's a hardliner when it comes to the West and that has huge implications for both Israel and the United States. The National Director of Intelligence has said that China poses the biggest threat to democracy and freedom since World War II as they seek to dominate the world economically, militarily, and technologically with no ethical boundaries they aren't willing to cross. And then the director of the CDC has said that the coronavirus pandemic this winter is going to be the biggest public health crisis of our nation's history. And so a lot of stuff is going on globally and nationally. And then just think personally, your your personal tabloid. Um, There are marriages that are struggling. Mental health is is declining. I think it's at an all-time low, actually. Um, Money is getting tighter for a lot of people. Many industries just don't know what the future holds. and, And so there's a lot of uncertainty with employment. And we could just keep going down the line. And all I have to say, there's a lot of stuff to be worrying about right now. Okay, so, so what I wanna look at today is, is just to explore the question in the midst of all of the, the stress, in the midst of all the anxieties, the fear, the uncertainty, is there a way, is there a way to have hope this Christmas season? So, so we're gonna be in Luke chapter one, we're gonna pick up in verse 46. Um, so that means we've skipped a few verses since last week, but let me give you some context, okay? In verses 26 through 38, what happens is we're introduced to Mary, this, this young teenage girl who's engaged to a guy named Joseph. The angel Gabriel shows up and tells her that you're gonna give birth to the Son of God. She's like, that's kind of hard because certain things with the birds and the bees hasn't happened yet, and, and he basically tells her, well, it's gonna be a miraculous birth, okay? Well, after that, we get to verses 39 through 45. Mary makes about a 100-mile journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth. We met Elizabeth last week, and so now that's where we pick up today. Mary is with Elizabeth 100 miles from home, but let's, before we jump in, let's just think about Mary. Here this girl is, she's probably 14 years old. I have nieces that are teenage girls, and I'm telling you, that's stressful in and of itself. On top of that, she's pregnant. I've seen the MTV show 16 and Pregnant. That's not a good place to be. So she's pregnant. She's engaged to a guy that's 100 miles away, and engagement is not marriage, you know, so until you say I do, there's still a way out. So what happens if he decides to leave her? She doesn't know how he's going to respond, and she's All four Gospels, all four Gospels, her parents are never mentioned, which leads to the question, like, are her parents absent? Maybe they're not even in the picture. And and so we just kind of go down the line. I mean, she's poor. She's from a small town. Have you ever been a part of the small town gossip circle? People are going to be talking, probably in the form of prayer requests, but they're going to be talking about her. So if you were her, 
if you were in Mary's shoes, how would you be feeling right now? Would you be just, things are great, or would you be stressed out? Would you be, would you have anxieties flaring up? Would you be fearful of the future? How would you be responding? Okay, well, let's, let's see how Mary responds in the midst of everything she's dealing with, with all the things she has surrounding her. Okay, verses 46 through 48 says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Okay, instead of worrying, what do we find her doing? We find her worshiping. So today, what I want to look at is three things that will help us worship instead of worry. I want to talk about three things that will help us to worship instead of worry. And the first one is this, seen in verses 46 through 48. It's simply that worship looks up. Okay, worship looks up. Worry looks out. What's ahead of me and how can I control it? Worship looks up to see who God is and to ask the question of how can we make much of God in it? So, so you see the, the, the phrase, the Lord, right? My soul magnifies the Lord. When she says Lord, she's recognizing that, that he is high and exalted, that he's above all things, that he is the one who is in control. So she looks up to see who God is, but then she says her soul magnifies, okay? Her soul magnifies the Lord. Soul, that's the essence of your being. It's, it's your emotions, the way you feel. It's, it's your mind, the way that you think. It's your will, the things that you do, your actions. So it's the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act. So she said her soul magnifies, okay? Think about that word magnifies, it's, it's amplification. When I was in sixth grade, um, I started playing guitar and I had two neighbor girls, two neighbor girls. And what I would do is I would open my window, I would take my amplifier and put it in the windowsill, plug my guitar in and I would start playing Glycerine by the band Bush. And, and in playing that and magnifying that sound out towards their house, they would come over. It was a great system, all right? I learned a valuable lesson before college that guitar is valuable for getting the girls, all right? Um, it didn't work out necessarily there. Don't worry, either ways, I should just stop now. I'll just say magnifying brought people in, okay? Magnifying brought people in. So what he's saying, what she's saying in her soul magnifies the Lord is that our, our souls, the essence of our being, should be plugged into God in such a way that, that we think what he thinks, that we feel like he feels, that we do the things that, that he would do if he was in our shoes, and that we do so in such a way that when other people see us, they're reminded of him. The, the most attractive thing about us should be Christ in us being magnified out. So she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, all right? Now, look at verses 49 through 50, okay? So the first point is that worship looks up. It reminds us of who God is, that he is in control, and it, it asks the question, how can we make much of him in our circumstances? How can we be plugged into him in such a way that, that when people see us, they're reminded of him. So worship begins by looking up to see who God is and asking the question of how we can make much of him. The second point, look at verses 50 through, or 49 through 50. It says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. 
and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So, so when she says he is mighty, she's, she's once again reminding herself of who God is, that he is the one who is above all things and he is all powerful. So she's reminding herself of God's power. But what she's doing here when she says that he has done, all right, he has done great things is she's looking back. So the first thing is that worship looks up. The second thing is that worship looks back, okay? Worship looks back. And as she looks back, she's reminded of God's power, but she also sees his, his personal use of that power in her own past. When she said, when he has done, she's saying, I, I recognize that God is powerful, but I'm remembering as I look back, I'm seeing how he has used that power in a very personal way for me by doing great things for me. She's remembering God's past faithfulness. When she says, holy is his name. Name is, is the character of somebody. That's why a name should be a big deal. Having a good name, it's your character. So when she says, holy is his name, she's saying God's character is good and one that does no wrong. God is perfect. He never does anything that's wrong. And then when she says his mercy is from generation to generation, she's saying his, his goodness never changes. So his good character is one that is steady. It's not wavering. It's not changing. It's, it's if it was good in the past, it'll be good in the future. And it'll be good in the present. So she looks back. Okay, so first worship looks up. Second, worship looks back. All right, and so when we look back, here's what happens. We find comfort in present circumstances, all right? It, to find comfort in present circumstances, we need to remember that God is good, he has been faithful in the past, and we have no reason to believe his mercy has changed, okay? To find comfort in present circumstances, we need to remember that God's, God is good, He's been faithful in the past, and we have no reason to believe his mercy has changed. And so when you, when you have hard circumstances, like what Mary's dealing with, we get to be in a position where we say, God, what you're doing is a hard thing, but I know it's a good thing. God, what I'm going through is not easy. It's, it's, it's bringing me to, to the brink. But God, I, as hard as it is, I know it's a good thing because that's who you are and that's how you've always acted and, and worked and I know that's how you will work and I have no reason to believe that's, that's changed now. So yes, it's hard, but I know, I know it's good. All right? So that's what happens when we look back. Then the third thing is seen in verses 51 through 56. It says, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts and he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her, Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her home. Now, in verses 51 through 55, I don't want to become too, too geeky with this, but the, the original language of Luke was Greek. And in the, the biblical Greek, the verbs of verses 51 through 55, they are all forward-looking. 
okay? The verbs are all forward-looking. So these past actions give certainty to a better future. So as we read these, these verses, what's happening is she's looking back at past actions in a way that's forward-looking and saying these past actions give certainty to a better future. So the first thing is that worship looks up. The second thing is that worship looks back. The third thing is that worship looks forward. Worship looks forward. God is going to take everything that's wrong in the world because of sin, and he's gonna make it right through Jesus Christ. You see, worship doesn't, doesn't change our circumstances, but it does change our hearts. And, it, and it's that heart change at, at the heart level that gives us momentum to move into the better future that God has planned for us. So we want to look forward. We want to be forward-looking people to, to look at how God's worked in the past in such a way that gives us certainty for a better future. So worship looks up, worship looks back, and worship looks forward. Okay? So one thing, one thing to understand today is this. Worship produces hope where worry wants to rob us of joy. Okay, worship produces hope where worry wants to rob us of joy. You see, worry is the byproduct of looking into the future with no hope. And, and that causes stress, fears, and anxieties to blind us of what's most true. So when we're talking about how do we see hope when all is dark, when, when we worry, when we look into the future with no hope, all of a sudden stress, fear, and anxiety, they begin to blind us. They, they block our sight and we can't see what's most true. And what happens is when we pull fear close, it makes God seem far. Okay, when we begin to pull fear close, it makes God feel far. Okay, but when we worship by looking up, to remember who God is. When we worship by looking back to see what God has done, and when we worship by looking forward to what he has promised to do, we experience his love, we experience his power, and we experience his presence. And that's what produces hope even when things seem dark. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? I, I want to be upfront with you today. I, I like, not that I'm not upfront with you other days, but I kind of feel like the blind leading the blind with this sermon. Um, I'm not doing well with, with worshiping over worrying. And so, so I'm reading this, I'm studying this, and, and I'm going, this is what's right. This is what I need, but I'm just not doing a good job with it but I know it's true, I know it's best, and so I'm fighting for it, okay? So, so just so you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching this sermon from a position of, I've arrived, I'm over here, come with me. I'm saying like, I'm by your side, and <laughs> can we go after this together, okay? Can we go after this together? But look at verse 48, okay? So when we think about like, what do we do with this? Look at verse 48 one more time, okay? Verse 48 says, for he has looked on. Just, just want you to take note of that, that phrase, looked on. We saw that last week too, okay? For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And then the, the second part says, For behold, from now on, all generations will call me 
blessed. Let's take note of that word blessed. I just want to give kind of two, two takeaways from that. Okay, the, the first thing is when we say God has looked on, here's what we know. God isn't distant or disinterested in your life. He's, he's near, he's present, and he deeply cares about you. So when it says that, that he looked on, know this, God looks at you. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows where you're hurting. And, and he is so interested in, in meeting you in that and being present with you. Okay, so, so when, he, when it says he looks at her, know that in the same way God is looking on you, he's interested in your life, he deeply cares for you, he is present, he's not distant and far, he is near, that is true, okay? So remember that, that God cares about you, he knows what you're going through, he knows where you're hurting, right? So with that being said, don't ignore your feelings or try to spin your circumstances to be something they're not. Don't be like, well, everything's good. Everything's good when, when it's not. Just be, be honest. Identify what you're going through and bring it to God. Identify what you're going through and bring it to God. Don't, don't ignore your feelings. Like, 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 are you angry? Are you stressed right now? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It's like, something's going on there. All right? They're like, hey, you just, you just lost your job. Like, are you okay? Oh, it's great. Like, like God always provides. God's good. God's good. It's like, are you sure? Like, it's Christmas. Like, how are you dealing with that? Okay, so, so don't, don't ignore your circumstances. Don't try to spin your feelings to be something that, like, be honest with it and bring it to God because God knows and, and he cares. Okay, but the second thing I want you to see is that word blessed. Like, think about Mary. People are going to look at me and say, I'm blessed. Teenager, pregnant, um, possibly parents that aren't even in the picture, an engagement that could go wrong when she goes back home and he sees a, a big belly bump. Um, all these things, small town, poor, all this stuff. Like, and she's like, people are gonna see me and be like, hashtag blessed life, hashtag she's blessed. Like, what? Like, what is going on here? And so here's what she didn't know, okay? This is so important because I said, I don't want you to spin your circumstances or, or ignore your feelings. Just let's be upfront. Not all circumstances are blessings. Not all circumstances are blessings. <laughs> Unemployment is not a blessing. Divorce is not a blessing. Having a miscarriage is not a blessing. A wayward child is not a blessing. Cancer is not a blessing. Not all circumstances are blessings. But when you bring your circumstances, when you bring the, the, the deep feelings that you're going through to God and worship, what he will do is he will help you to find a blessing in the circumstance. So the circumstance is not a blessing, but in that circumstance, there is a blessing to be found if you will bring it to God in worship. So here's what I wanna do this morning. I wanna invite you. I wanna invite you to bring your circumstances, the depths of your feelings, your despair. I wanna invite you to bring that to Jesus. 
to look up and to know that God is a good father, to look back to the cross and remember that, that Jesus took all of the weight of sin and, and he defeated it by rising victoriously from the grave and looking forward to God's promises that he will take everything that is wrong in the world and, and make it right again. And I wanna invite you to bring your stuff to Jesus in worship this morning by looking up, by looking back and looking forward. And if you'll do that, I promise you, God will meet you and he will help you to find a blessing. And what happens is, is you, can, you can choose to fight to worship right now and to set a worry. You can go through Christmas with the deepest and most beautiful, most glorious hope because that's what's offered to us in Jesus, and that's good news. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Mary's beautiful song of worship, and it's amazing. It's amazing what we can learn from the wisdom of a 14-year-old girl. Wow. God, help us to, to take these truths and even when it's hard to know that this is what's best and help us to fight to worship instead of worry. God, don't let us pull fear near in a way that pushes you away to where you feel distant. God, let us, let us worship in a way that produces hope where we experience your power, your love, and your presence. It's your holy name we pray. Amen. Every week at Redeemer, we respond to the Lord's Supper. This is something for those who have trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone for their salvation. But what a beautiful way to look up, to remember that God is a good father who sent his one and only son to live the life we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve, and to raise again from the grave to offer us new and eternal life. And so today, as, as we take the bread, and as we, as we, as we take the cup, let us do so in a way that we look up. We look back to remember the cross, Jesus' body and his blood, and look forward because we do this in remembrance of Jesus. And as we do it, we, we proclaim Jesus until he comes again. And so we look forward knowing that Jesus promised to step back into history again to make all things new. So here in a second, you'll have a chance to, to respond through communion. We hope you do it. With, with someone else um, or do it in spirit with us, but let's do so in worship. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening to this audio from Redeemer Community Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. You can connect with us and find out more information at RedeemerCommunity.com.